0: A cancer diagnosis is hard to take under any circumstance. Now imagine you are running out of treatment options or have yet to find one that works. That's where the OSF Breakthrough Treatment Center comes in.
1: Our research strategies to us are potential curative opportunities for patients who've had everything else fail them before. Very often it it can be their last option. It can also set them on a path to finding other options.
0: That's Cosmos Smith, Origin Managing Partner. And I'm Shelley Dankoff, your host of Health Accelerated, brought to you by OSF Healthcare. It's a real breakthrough on this episode of Health Accelerated as we take an in-depth look at the new OSF Breakthrough Treatment Center that will bring exciting new cancer research to Peoria, Illinois that has never been done here before. It will provide residents of central Illinois and beyond access to some of the most groundbreaking, hard-to-access clinical trials, medical advances, innovative biotech, and novel therapies. OSF doctors and caregivers will have access to new technologies, world-renowned physicians, infrastructure, and research from around the world. Joining me to talk about the OSF BTC, which will be part of the OSF Cancer Institute currently under construction, Our Cosmo Smith, Origin Managing Partner, and Ryan Lugenbuehl, Director of the Oncology Service Line for OSF Healthcare. Thank you both for being with me. Let's start, Cosmo, with you about just the overview of what Origin does, how it got involved with OSF Healthcare, and the development of this breakthrough treatment center,
1: if you will. So so Origin partners with uh, health systems around the world that are looking to bring novel care to their patients from outside their borders, inside their borders, wherever that care is ultimately created. They're generally health systems that have fantastic cultures and capabilities and many of them even have really terrific therapies already, but they're looking to expand that portfolio in a way that can really benefit the patient population that they serve.
0: So Ryan, from OSF's perspective, how did Origin and all of this come on the radar, and what, what it attracted us to working with them?
2: I'll answer the second question first. What attracted us to each other was our mission. I mean, no doubt about it, the single reason that we're partnering with an amazing group in Origin and all their collaborators is really just around our mission. Their mission to bring the most novel, innovative science to patients that need it the most aligns really well with our mission at OSF, to serve everybody with the greatest care and love. And we know we have a major gap in serving our cancer patients where they don't have access to clinical trials like they should. And they need access just as much as anyone else to these cutting-edge clinical trials, from poor to rich, regardless of who they are and where they came from, small-town, rural Illinois, to the larger cities. They all deserve and need access to these incredible breakthroughs.
0: Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about how clinical trials typically work (laughs) and what the process is for that. Explain that for everybody who's listening, because you make it sound like, oh, you're in a clinical trial. I can just go to my local facility and I'm in a clinical trial. It typically does not work that way, does it?
1: No. Clinical trials represent the vehicle in terms of how medical research is done. And so often clinical trials will be done with the focus of the clinical trial itself or the, the drug or the therapy that's actually being discovered in the lead position, right? So all decisions, all actions, all operations are generally centered around that. Um, the difference in what Ryan is talking about uh, in terms of our, our missions being so aligned is that we put the patient at the center of what a clinical trial means. So to us, the word clinical trial is is less relevant and it's more therapy. You know, do we have an opportunity to help this patient or this patient and their family find something that could potentially be of benefit when all other options have failed. And that's that's essentially our definition of a clinical trial. It's the mission that we we take the leadership from when we design all of our research strategies. Our research strategies to us are potential Curative opportunities for patients who've had everything else fail them before. Very often, it, it can be their last option. It can also set them on a path to finding other options, right, and extending life, uh, and and a time frame to to identify uh, things that maybe have a greater likelihood of success.
0: Yeah, because typically on clinical trials, you have to get X amount of people enrolled, don't you? You have to have this. Here's your pool. And you get X amount of people, and it's based out of a facility, and then people have to travel there, which adds another level to people who are already going through some difficult times, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it, it sure does. I mean, you know, the, the important thing about therapies of any kind, novel therapies in particular, is that uh, they can only be delivered within certain locations, locations that have actually staffed up and operated themselves and made the commitment similar to, to OSF. And so then the need is to help patients find their way to those those options. And very often the patients will find their way themselves uh, with or without the help of their physicians. And what happens, quite ironically, is that the current population uh, of OSF will have greater access to things that can be potentially breakthroughs. But this region, this Leadership strategy set about by OSF will also begin to draw patients from all around the world, uh, not just the U.S., people looking for options that they otherwise wouldn't have access to. Most of the work we're focused on is only going to be happening in anywhere from three to five uh, locations around the world. And not all of it is later stage treatments. Possibly we'll see 50% of the work we do over the course of the next five years, being focused on identifying diseases as early as possible. Whether that's cancer or Alzheimer's, um, some of these diseases are just so devastating and caught, unfortunately, too late. So our mission is to find them as early as we can.
2: Yeah, prevention After. is cure. I mean, it, it, you find the cancer early, right? you can cure the cancer. And so we should care, and we do care, just as much about preventing it finding it early, if you have cancer, then you can actually treat it much more effectively.
0: Yeah, or determining who might be prone to it. And maybe if you could forecast, I mean, that's what everybody wants, that personalized medicine, if I could find a way to prevent it from ever happening. You know, so it's exciting. You know, Ryan, when when you first heard about this and you're exploring it, and then you had to have those conversations with the physicians who are involved and who provide that frontline care, Talk to me a little bit about what that was like. I have to believe they're extremely excited about this work that lies ahead. Well,
2: Yeah, I mean, they are excited, but we involve them from the very beginning. And we don't believe in coming up with some strategy and then go tell our doctors, hey, uh, we got something great for you. Um, that has happened and does happen, but we wanted to make sure that our doctors were in the driver's seat of this strategy and we will continue to remain that that way, because our doctors are, are amazing physicians, but they they know our patients. We don't in administration. We are uniquely disconnected because of our roles. Our job is to stay connected, and the way that I stay connected is to talk to our frontline clinicians and doctors mainly, but also our navigators and our other cancer um, you know staff. It's so important that we. When we formulated this partnership, they were at the forefront, and they continue to be throughout the journey that we're on to build this into, you know, a leading cancer research institute where curative cancer therapy will happen here. And so our doctors are going to be the center of this with our patients.
0: Yeah, we talk about, you, you mentioned clinical trials and those phase one trials, but leading into the novel therapies. Are there particular cancers that are the bigger focus going forward, or at least to start. You can't, you can't be everything to everybody at initially. You kind of have to have a little bit of a focus to make it successful. So where is the starting point that we're heading down right now?
1: Not necessarily to correct you, but to, to explain the model that we're building. Uh, it is very collaborative, global, and we're identifying opportunities from across different parts of the scientific community uh, that we can bring quickly to OSF, to its population, and then also establish the mission and the culture that OSF has around that so that we can attract uh, other patients in, in, in need. So there's no need for us to say we're going to focus on one particular cancer area. We simply want to make sure that we're focusing on the most promising therapies from across the areas that are the most difficult to treat. And so that can involve any number of cancer areas. Um, if I were to say what are the areas that we're more interested in, it's going to be those cancers that have a higher degree of difficulty to cure, right? So they're generally those that are caught later stage and therefore um, have fewer options are, or just so aggressive they're more difficult to treat. So we're going to continue to, to work on therapies for later stage disease in those areas, and we're going to continue to focus on, as Ryan was saying, not only prevention, but early detection and monitoring of those types of cancers going forward. But there really is no need for us to say, let's focus on one area, because we're not inventing things here. We are partnering, collaborating, and finding opportunities to accelerate the most promising ideas from wherever those ideas are being developed.
0: Talk to me a little bit about the the researchers who make up origin, because I remember early conversations with you. I mean, these are the best and the brightest, and they're given the opportunity to run and figure it out. And so that has to be exciting to see the ideas that come together from all of that brain thrust that's on origin. So talk to me a little bit about that. too. You
1: you know, we often get asked about scientific researchers and, and how impressive they are intellectually. And I don't want to take anything away from their remarkable intellectual understanding of science and biology and potential breakthroughs. It's incredible. But there's not one that operates within origin or around origin in a collaborative capacity around these types of therapies that doesn't display an even more incredible human element. Uh, These are physicians that have transcended and have created relationships with patients that drive them every single day. Um, So when you marry that with their scientific intellect and know-how, and in some cases 40-plus, 50-plus years of working on one particular disease area, you have a really powerful uh, convergence of ideas. And to Ryan's point earlier, um, it's an extension of the mission that origin and OSF have had um, down to the individual. So these are researchers that are beyond committed because they've met many families that unfortunately uh, things didn't work out. And so that drives every single day what they ultimately do. And when there are breakthroughs, when things do work out in the clinic, it drives them additionally, right? So for as many of the losses that occur, the wins that occur, will combine and and continue to drive our our research. I think it's really important to mention the human element of of the researchers.
2: And I think that's another reason why OSF and Origin came together. I mean, we we had unfettered access to not just Cosmo, who is a wonderful partner, but the people actually doing this work. Um, That showed a genuine level of commitment to... What I talked about earlier, which is having our patients and our doctors interact with the people who are translating the brightest science, and that's that's real connection that I personally have not seen in the short time that I've been working in the cancer world, which is usually a very disconnected continuum. From I'm developing the brightest and new science, but disconnected from what's actually happening with our patients. In, and yeah. in, in some, I don't know if that's the best way to say it, but it just feels very disjointed from a very, I'm, I'm in a lab working on a molecule to we have a true connection to a particular patient right this minute who needs our help. And I think that's what's so important for us is to realize that we tangibly have a ability now to connect people who are the smartest scientists in the world to the actual patient story in the real time and now, not just like, Hey, we might have a patient coming. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. Well, and and I've had this conversation with both of you before. The, you get you feel the hope. There's always this undercurrent of hope of what this is going to do and how we're going to move it forward, and the differences truly will mean for patients. So there's always that sense, and you can hear the excitement. I can hear when you're talking about it, Ryan, and and the hope, Cosmo, when I've talked to you about that. You told me once that it's what gets you out of bed in the morning. It's what you do what you do every day, because just that hope that there's going to be that that one moment and that patient and you're, that aha moment that's going to happen. And that's I get that sense from you all the time. Do you agree?
1: Absolutely, and I think the other... Really important notion around that concept is that, you know, this is a uh, healthcare in the U.S. is a four trillion dollar. So let's not discount the economic incentives that many of the players in in U.S. and global healthcare have. The problem with with all of that money sloshing around and everybody chasing after those economics is that very often the the motivation starts at the beginning of the supply chain. I'm developing a molecule that will lead to a multi-billion dollar drug, right? That's how things start. But if you can actually flip the supply chain and start the supply chain from a patient who's sitting in a clinic, who everybody has forgotten about, uh, and begin to work with that patient and those families to troubleshoot and identify solutions, then you can really begin to change the way biotech and pharma companies work and you can begin to accelerate quite potentially the way those drugs can be developed how they can be developed and the success of those drugs can actually be accelerated so you can actually serve both needs we all know that biotech and pharma companies have stock prices those stock prices have to go up for them to be successful we also know that patients who who have had multiple therapies fail them, uh, are also looking for a similar effect. They're looking for something to work. So if we can really bridge the gap and accelerate the operating capabilities and the scientific roadways between that patient and those most promising therapies, then, then we can actually create a new way of doing translational research, translational research being potential cures, potential therapies that have the opportunity to work, not just research for research sake, right? So everything we do starts at the patient's level. So very often our process uh, for a clinical trial, for instance, is built around one patient, right? We have a patient in need. We then start to identify what, what are those best options and then really figure out and collar the best options around that patient so that we can have as big an impact as possible that's going to serve both of those needs both the drug company and the patient.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because you, you you bring up the word drug company and what's the first thing you think about? It's like, oh, well, it's, you know, they're in it for profit. It's all and about money the profit, and It's right. money. Mm-hmm. This is clearly mission oriented. Right. And that's why what he just explained, it it starts with the patient and it flips the paradigm on its head. It doesn't mean that you remove big pharma and biotech. It means that you're connecting Big pharma and biotech to our mission.
1: There are amazing individuals in leadership positions in the entire organization at a lot of the biotech and pharma companies. They just they're they're dealing with the card they've been dealt. The industry has been built in such a way to where they have to operate according to the supply chain that they're given. So interestingly, organizations like OSF have the majority of the patients in the U.S. So 80%, 80% of the patient population in the U.S. is served by health systems that look like OSF. The intriguing thing is that the majority of clinical trials, early phase clinical trials, are done by uh, a smaller proportion where there is a smaller number of patients, so largely the bigger academic centers. So what if you can create faster, smarter, more nimble, more promising therapy areas at places like OSF, you become that much more attractive to larger biotech and, and pharma companies who, again, they, they have to make money. That's their business and that's quite all right. But our job is we have to find opportunities that are the most promising for, for patients and their families. So if we can match those two needs together and create a much more efficient, smarter supply chain where that patient comes to OSF the first time and if they unfortunately need to find something like a novel therapy, they can have that at OSF. They don't have to go on a, on a journey to try to find it and end up halfway across the country or even halfway around the world if they have the means to be able to do that they can actually be treated from start to finish here, hopefully with a very positive result. That's the other exciting part to me because we talk global.
0: This is a global initiative, and so often people will say, Peoria, Illinois, and they turn their heads sideways and look at you go, Peoria, Illinois, why Peoria? We have the components. There is a cancer institute that will open within the next six months uh, on our main you know, our flagship hospital campus, bringing together a lot of the elements when it comes to cancer care in and of itself. So this is just another element. So what do you say, Ryan, to those people who when they give you that, really, in Peoria look, what do you say to them?
2: I just want to invite them in. I, I just want to, to, to say, I'm not here to convince you of anything, but we're, we're here on a goal to cure cancer in Peoria. It's a big, bold vision. Um, our community there are, there is an immense amount of our community that ha- does believe in this vision. We have now added this component of the Breakthrough Treatment Center, which, again, bolsters the vision even larger to become a, a leader in cancer care. And I don't critique the naysayers. I say, come join us, come look, come see. Um, we want you to be a part of this too. Um, collaboration is what's needed. Um, skeptics, Come look, come look. We're not here to hide anything. We're actually here to invite you in to our family and say, why not? Um, And this will happen. We we can do this and switch our our language uh, from I think um, to we will Um, we will cure cancer in Peoria and be confident that we will be a world leading cancer program. And I think that's an exciting vision that that I'm not just saying. It's just everybody that is involved with this work, is unbelievably excited about it. Community members are clearly motivated to give to our new building. They're motivated to give now to an immense amount of uh, opportunity with the Breakthrough Treatment Center, and maybe they can help someone not die from pancreatic cancer that they just watched a loved one go through and, and experience. People are excited about this vision. I don't think it's gonna take long for people to realize that this is something special.
0: If you are that patient who's listening to this or that family member who has a loved one who is going through this, how are people accessing? Because this work has already started. This isn't, a, oh, six months down the road we're doing this. We've already started the collaboration. The conversations are happening. The groundwork is being laid. What do you say to people? How do they get to you and to the Breakthrough Treatment Center and start and just asking the questions, which so many of them have?
2: I would just encourage uh, patients and families to ask the right questions to their doctor and say hey I've heard about the breakthrough treatment center are there any clinical trial options for me and start there it's a conversation with our doctors and our doctors again will be connected to us and what we're doing and already are and I think uh, they'll find that their potential help that, that can that can happen with this.
1: In response to your question, why Peoria? Um, so it's it's not a function of why Peoria. It's a function of why OSF, and that's because they, since the late 1800s, have had a mission. That mission corresponds very importantly and perfectly to what has to happen, especially as we start to develop some of the more promising therapies. The other thing I'd say just structurally is um, Peoria is surrounded by some of the largest cities in the world, right? Not far. Um, These therapies that we're developing uh, are happening here, not in those larger metropolitan areas like Chicago, for instance. And when you build something so close to those metropolitan areas, it's a very easy um, direction for those patients to have access to and those physicians who are helping those patients to have access to that. But there's also really important... Uh, demographic that's often forgotten in therapeutics, which is the rural population. So what's really terrific about Peoria is it's actually more uniquely suited to doing this kind of promising therapeutic work than most of the large urban centers in, in the U.S. because it actually has access to both populations, urban, rural. And what we typically see in a lot of these novel therapeutics programs that are, that are being built solely in larger metropolitan areas is you forget about the rural population because you can fill those, those trials much faster in urban areas, and that's not extremely fair, right? By the same token, if you're that biotech or that pharma company and you're looking for a way to find that difficult-to-find patient, there's no better place than a place like Peoria. So Peoria has actually been built, not only because of the mission of OSF, but just demographically speaking, having access to large uh, urban populations and having access to a rural population, really uniquely suited to building uh, a breakthrough clinic like this. Well, Ryan Lugenbuehl, Cosmo Smith, it's exciting.
0: There's lots of excitement ahead, and I'm sure a year from now, I'll sit the two of you back down and say, let's let's give an update on where we're at yeah. with this, and it'll be exciting to get the updates yeah. as we go along and as the OSF Cancer Institute opens its doors uh, in early 2024. So thank you to both of you for being with us today. You
1: bet. Thanks.
2: Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks, Shelley.
0: Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can also find links to any of our episodes on the OSF Newsroom at newsroom.osfhealthcare.org.